Hey everyone, and welcome back to Off the Books Podcast. I'm Taylor. I am Brandon. And we are discussing A Court of Thorns and Roses today. You excited? Uh, so I was like a Court of Thorns and Roses virgin when, when we started this. <laughs> My cherry has been popped. I am all about this shit now. All about the... All about it. Like, I'm so ready to get in a book, too. Ooh. Okay. So I'm very excited for you. So let's discuss the description first. So Feyre's survival rests upon her ability to hunt and kill. The forest where she lives is in a cold, bleak place in the long winter months. So when she spots a deer in the forest being pursued by a wolf, she cannot resist fighting it for the flesh. But to do so, she must kill the predator, and killing something so precious comes at a price. Ooh. Dragged into a magical kingdom for the murder of a fairy, Feyre discovers that her captor, his face obscured by a jeweled mask, is hiding far more than his piercing green eyes would suggest. Feyre's presence at court is closely guarded, and as she begins to learn why, her feelings for him turn into from hostility to passion, and the fairy lands become even a more dangerous place. Feyre must fight to break an ancient curse, or she will lose him forever. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great book. Yeah. Like, highly recommend. Loved this book. So... I've read the whole series, so I'm excited for you to, to listen to the next series or next books. Yeah. But let's get into, I guess the, the, the whole the whole kit caboodle. Yeah, let's get into this shit. All right. So first off, we we see Farah in the woods, and you know she is hunting hunting a deer to keep her family alive. It's cold. There's snow everywhere. It just sounded fucking miserable. Yeah. And she's been out there since, you know, the, the dawn. Yeah. So, and what's what's really cool about this uh, scene is Sarah J. Moss's ability to describe this scene. It's really cool. I love her writing style. Well, that was that was very prevalent throughout the entire book. I mean, there, mm-hmm. was, there was times where I would actually have to, like, stop listening to what I was, especially when she would talk about flowers. Like, I would have to stop listening to go and google it so i knew exactly what it looked like i mean i don't know shit about flowers yeah but this this woman is extremely descriptive like Mm -hmm. the most minute details yeah she was she's a real cool gal i love her and so you know she starts out you know favor starts out trying to kill this deer she ends up finding out that there's a wolf and very large wolf. very large wolf and she knows that fairies or fae, whatever you want to call them, love to come in the shape of wolves across the the wall. Because in this world of Prithian, she there's a wall dividing the fae and the human realm mm-hmm. because of an old war from like 500 years ago. Correct. So she sees this wolf and has an inkling that it might be a fae, but the eye really gives it away of being like a golden like glowing golden eye not only that just the size of the wolf as well she yeah she's very like this is not this is not the normal size of a wolf around here (laughs) this ain't the norm with the way that things are right now like this wolf should not look that well fed yeah (laughs) like and this this thing is getting involved with her hunting and her family hasn't eaten in how however long Mm -hmm. and as the youngest of, of her family, because she has the two older sisters, Elaine, which is the middle child, and Nesta is the oldest sister, and just their father. 
she's the only one that can hunt out of all of them. Their nameless father. Yes, the the prince of merchants, as they love to call him. Yeah. So she ends up killing this this wolf and the deer, mm-hmm. and she uses a an ash arrow because that's what's supposed to kill Fay. Mm-hmm. So she, even though she only had one left in her in her whatever you want to call it. What's quiver. Quiver, thank you. Yes, that's the word you're looking for. Yes, it was. <laughs> As she pulls the only ash arrow she has from her quiver, she shoots it into the wolf and then takes a regular one and shoots it right into the eye. Yeah. Because the eye is what's really annoying her out of all this stuff, no matter if it's fey or not, because it has this glowing golden eye, yeah. she wants it gone. So she skins the wolf puts the pelt over the deer that she killed, and goes back home. What is the first thing, and this is what annoys me about her sisters, the first thing that they do when she gets home is argue over who gets the money for the, for the pelt. And Nesta needs a new, new shoes, even though hers are very clean and, and fine. And Elaine wants a new cloak. And Nesta hadn't even gone out and chopped the wood that she had been asked to do. Exactly. How hard is it to just chop fucking wood for your sister? I mean, it... it... It's not like chopping wood is easy, but, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. So she comes home and there's, what, like five logs left over? Yeah. And all she asked was for for this wood to be chopped. And so she goes to bed, which they share the bed because they don't have money to, to have their own. So she goes to bed and sees that when she wakes up that Nesta's chopping the wood because she wants the, wants the money for the pelt. Right. Let me get back into the... Little sis's good graces here. Exactly. She's about to come into a little bit of coin. Little, little bit of money right there. I don't know why, I, I don't know what that accent was, but that was, that was weird. I apologize. That was 110% Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. So, she... Oh, Taylor knees. <laughs> Taylor ease. Taylor ease. <laughs> so, so, so she goes into town with her two sisters to get this money. And she comes into an encounter with the children of the blessed, which are fanatics. Yeah, which are basically just people who are obsessed with Fay. Think of super Mormons. Yes. That just accost you in the street. <laughs> think, think of, think of like the most religious cult you've ever like ever heard of in gypsies. Gypsies. If they, if they had a love child, these are the people that are costing you in the street. Yeah. Like, they will not let you go. No, they want you, they don't want the wall to be a thing, which is, like, probably one of the worst worst things that could happen in this point. And we find out later, you know, about the wall and all this stuff. But, you know, she ends up getting money for this pelt way more than, than she would have. But she went to this one woman who said, I had a good deed happen to me. It's time to pass that on. Mm-hmm. So she gets this money. They go back to the house. They start eating dinner, and what happens? Oh, big old, big old beastie boy. Big old beastie boy comes in there. Break down the, the door and start screaming, Murderers! Murderers! This <laughs> 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 big old beastie boy was going to be his friend. The sad part is, I heard it exactly like that. <laughs> Murderers! <laughs> See, I did the audiobook for this book, so just imagine, like, a someone female narrator <laughs> trying to get her deepest voice to scream this out holy shit that's funny as hell 
Oh my god, I didn't even think about that because I just read it, so I didn't I didn't listen to oh, it. The audiobooks have the production value is <laughs> excellent on some of these. <laughs> so So this beast comes in and he, he gives her a he gives Favor a choice because you know, she ends up saying, I'm the one that did it. I killed him. I sold his pelt. I have no regrets, you know. And so he says, okay, you have two choices. I could kill you right now, or you come and live with me over the wall. Well, he, he originally says he's going to kill her. Yes. And she's just like, my only request is don't do it here inside my living room slash kitchen slash family room. <laughs> slash bedroom. In front, of, in front of my family. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what a bold request. Like, you have the audacity to bring this request in front of me? <laughs> in front of the one <laughs> that, that just lost his best friend to you? <laughs> and then he's just like, well, maybe uh, maybe there's a little, little loophole in this whole <laughs> maybe you, fairy human treaty deal. Maybe you can come live with me. I love how he just kind of like says it under his breath. He's just like, I've got, I've got, I've got lands. I've got lands. I've got lands. Just like, oh, okay. It's on the table. <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> I've got lands is the new, I have a seven inch penis. <laughs> I've got lands, people. Bigger. Bigger. <laughs> Bigger than seven. <laughs> for, for, obviously, none of you can see that, but my hands just went <laughs> wide. Like, you better go, you better go Bigger. <laughs> This is like, I will allow you to live out the rest of your days on my land, but you can never return. Yeah. And so her father tells her to go. But to ne- if, he, if she gets away, to never come back. Yeah. To never come back. Yeah. He, does, he wants her to go live her life, basically, because he knows she's had such a rough life here. Mm-hmm. So even though her dream was to basically have her sisters married off and then just live a really quiet life with her dad. Where she and could painting. painting. Yeah. And he could whittle. but the thing i hate about her her family is like her dad doesn't do shit like he's really is a deadbeat dad but he whittles he He makes his little carvings come on now he's got a fucking knee he's like tiny but But he doesn't even try and that's what i hate like he he could do so much more i think as nesta's just Nesta's She's so bitter. Yeah. Then, I I don't like Nesta. And then Elaine's just a space cadet. She just <laughs> I think Elaine is secretly on mushrooms <laughs> because there's no way this chick is that happy about staying home all day while her sister is out hunting for them. And she's just in her little garden in the winter where nothing grows. Elaine's just... essentially a goldfish. Because she's just like, ooh, my sister. Oh, shiny. What's that? <laughs> shiny. Hello? Oh, there was a beast? Where? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> getting back to the story. Goldfish sister. Goldfish. <laughs> goldfish sister. <laughs> We're starting a trend here, people. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Akatar goldfish sister. <laughs> Everybody will know what we mean. Um, but so she agrees to this beast's request to go and live with him and she leaves and he puts her up on this horse still in still in wolf form and wolf he's like a ram lion bear wolf combo well i did tell you it's like a loose base retelling of of beauty and the beast so he's essentially a chimera 
he really and the whole time when i was reading this and knowing like it was a loose retelling of beauty and the beast i could only think of the new like adaptation of beauty and the beast where he looks like fucking insane yes i love that movie but i could only think of their i mean i think the I think they did okay with the CGI, but was it as good as it could be? Like, it was good, but I was waiting for it to be great, you know? And I hope, I swear to God, because this is going to be a show. Oh, yeah. On Hulu. I'm now very ready for that. I am nervous as fuck because they, they, better, they better do justice by this thing because mm-hmm. this is my livelihood. This is my life. I wish I could read this book for the first time again. This is how much I love this book. Yeah. But so she goes away with this guy and she so she basically feels like all this magic tang in her mouth and she falls asleep. Yeah, that was weird how the magic has a metallic scent Sense. and taste yeah. to it. So here's my theory and without trying to give anything away of like the next books and stuff, she I there's a theory within the fandom that how does she know what what magic tastes like and what does it smell like you know mm-hmm. so there's a theory and stay with me people that she is descended from fay and so and we'll get into in, into other things of why she would be descended very closely descended because how could she taste the the magic nobody else can I mean, unless she's just rolling around, like, sucking on metal all day. And just like, yeah, you know what? I, I think they're using magic because it tastes like that tin plate that <laughs> it tastes I just like licked that. over there. <laughs> the rusty spoons over there. Just really, really similar twang to it. Like, you ever had a bunch of nickels in your mouth? Yeah, that's what this tastes like. <laughs> that's what this tastes like. Yeah, so there's a theory that she's very early, like, recently descended from Faye. Like, either on her mother or father's side where somebody obviously slept with a fae and had a kid because she she's able to do that, which, again, no, no other character has been able to do that as human. So, anyway, she wakes up and she feels herself go through the wall, basically, because it's like an invisible... Well, barrier. Yeah, it's a barrier. It's an invisible force field, basically. Yeah. And so she goes through... And what does she see is this, what I would say is a very countryside manor, but huge, like a mansion, but manor. I feel like manor's pretty big. I would say think of Versailles. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say that. So. Monticello. Monticello. Or something like that. Yeah. So she gets there and like the whole, there's gardens all around and it's very pretty. And she happens to realize she's in one of the seven courts, which is she's in spring court. So there's spring court, autumn court, day court, night court, winter court, winter court and what the fuck? Did you say dawn court? Dawn? No, I don't think I did. Yeah. I need to brush up on my courts. I literally was like, I finished this yesterday. That is true. So you you know your shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't, but I feel like I do. You feel like you? It's like a false sense of uh. Oh, it's it's very much false bravado. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. So she gets to this court and she sits down at the table and he basically tells her to eat. But all of their myths tell her not to eat fey food because it can hurt her or do some harm to her or 
make her do things she doesn't want to do. She'd also been told that they couldn't lie. They couldn't, but they can. And that iron would, would hurt them. But it doesn't. Kind of like vampires, where it's like garlic doesn't hurt them, the sun doesn't hurt, or whatever, like the, if you want to like the vampire diary, stuff like that, where it's all fake. Yeah. But. Just take the fucking head off. Yeah, just take it off. Even with some vampires, that wouldn't work. Depending. So. That was off. That was that was off, off, off the, the books. books. <laughs> that was way off the books. We both get sirens way off the books. So. <laughs> so she sits down and she basically won't eat, yeah. and she's worried sick about her family. her family, which obviously so she's the only reason they're still alive. Yeah, she was the only one providing for them, and she's just like. They are going to die. Because before she left, she was like, there's enough jerky here. Like, eat eat the raw meat first. Like, cook that. Yep. Then go to the jerky. Like, all the money that I, I left, or that I got from the pelts, is, is in the bedroom. Like, use that. Yep. But she's like, that's only going to last them, like, a couple weeks. Not even. Like. And knowing them, she was the one that had self-control to tell them, hey, stop eating. You know, stop spending the money. Right. And Nesta would go out and just spend the money however she wanted so she had to hide it all the time Mm -hmm. and only use it on necessities so so she she's sitting there and he basically tells her that all the myths that she knows is a lie that they made that up so that they're safe that the humans are are idiotic they they wouldn't know any different and he's trying to tell her all this stuff and he says something that i find Back to the theory of how she might be descended from Fae, or High Fae, because he is a High Fae, which it, uh, High Fae. High Fae. <laughs> so he says, didn't your mother tell you anything about us? I picked up on that as well. Mm-hmm. And was like, hmm, that's a little. You trying to drop some hints here, Yeah. What are you doing? What you doing? Yeah. And it's just interesting that she's, he says, instead of parents or what family or whatever, he says mother specifically, mm-hmm. and he doesn't say, like, about the fae in general. He says about us. Mm-hmm. So what, does, what did her mother know? What did her mother know about the, the spring court, you know? Because it was so close to the wall, I would love to know what, what she knew. Right. And I, hopefully we... I mean, it's, it either could be something like that, or her family is descended from the former slaves. Ooh, that that would be nice to know. Because then there would be a reason for them to know about them without yeah. them actually being descended from, from high fae. That is true. Because that'd be a long fall to come to go from being high fae to completely mortal in just a couple of generations. Exactly. So, And there are things of lesser fae. So she could have been a part of a lesser fae, which they don't have powers. They don't have anything crazy. It's just, it's just kind of like humans, basically, just lesser, lesser things. But so, so she, he asked that, and she basically says, you know, my mom died when I was eight. And she goes to bed after that, and she falls asleep. But first, she sets a trap by the door. When she wakes up, her housemaid, or whatever you want to call her, uh, Alice, wakes up, comes to the door, and gets 
hit in the face by this trap. She's getting smacked in the face by this damn thing. Like, yeah, by the rope. Fucking wake up call. Yeah, and she's like, you know, if you if you really wanted to stop me or kill me, that wouldn't do the trick. And she was like, no, I was just hoping I'd, you know, wake up first and at least get a chance to to run before you you got your wits back about you. So, you know, she goes downstairs, she eats breakfast, does all her stuff after getting getting cleaned up and washed up. And Tamlin basically, because she finds out his name is Tamlin after he changes back to non-Beast Boy. And she notices something odd about his face and his uh, his his higher fae, whatever you want to call him, em- em- emissary? emissary, emissary, Lucian, 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 how he's a Lucy. <laughs> he's a Lucy. I always said Lucian, but the fandom has proven me wrong time and time again, no, and it's even, it's even there in the book. Lucian. And in the back of the book, it mm-hmm. does say it. But I didn't see it in the back of the book. So I went my whole time saying Lucian just to realize it's Lucian. Yeah. Pissed me off. Yeah. I like it. Pissed me off. Fox boy. Fox boy. Yeah. But they have these these nice little masks covering their face. Yeah. And we don't get to find out that about that until later. But they basically just say it's a curse. Right. But none of the other courts have that. I'm just saying. Well, they explain why their court specifically has it as well. Yeah. Later on in the book. They do, yes, because they go to a certain event. Well, I mean, if they're all wearing masks, yeah. I think that event's fairly self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah. A little little masquerade. A little, little dancing. A little dancing. A little... A little food ski. A little so, so they're all wearing masks in the spring court. All of the servants, all of the, the high fae, all of mm-hmm. the low fae. Like, yeah. Even the emissary. Exactly. Like, they all have masks. Exactly. So, you know, he. so when she wakes up the next morning and gets ready, Tamlin asks Feyre to maybe ride horses with him or do something around around the manor. And she has been fighting him hand and foot. She's... No bitch. No bitch. And she basically is just saying, you know, so I'm your prisoner. He's like, no, you can live anywhere in my court. I don't care. As long as you live here. He's like, you can live anywhere, but uh, the forest is pretty fucking dangerous. Pretty dangerous. You know, I wouldn't, 10 out of 10 would not recommend, you know? And their whole court's surrounded by forest. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen a negative star review, but that one would have at least minus two. At least minus two. That's it. Just minus two wouldn't recommend. <laughs> like, yo, I went there last week. I got stabbed. <laughs> got stabbed. Some fucking Nagas rolled up with me. Fucking mugged the shit out of me. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> rolled the shit up on me. So. So she tells him no. That she's not going to go on horses with him and she doesn't want to be all like handy dandy and with him because she's pissed. So she sees Lu- Lucian. Now I want to say Lucian. Yeah, <laughs> you did. <laughs> so she sees Lucian about to leave for patrol and old she's a little redhead. <laughs> Can't trust those. <laughs> Can't trust the redheads. <laughs> so. I think we're missing the most important, like, 
physical aspect about him, though. He's got yes, one, one fucking eye. eye. And, and one metal one. mechanical. <laughs> Like but cyborg. but okay so i also saw this and this had me dying and i'll show you the meme after but so many people were like because there's fan art for everybody obviously and they show this really nice fan art of of lucian like the very beautiful long red hair you know a, a really detailed golden fake eye and then they're like what what Sarah J. Moss, you know, envisioned when she wrote about Lucian. And then what we imagined was the guy from Harry Potter with the one poking eye. And it was so funny. And I was like, oh my God, I did imagine it that way that this eye is just like, a, just not even moving, just right there, just poking out of his face. I mean, for some reason, I like pictured, you know, like, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Z, how the. How the, the... <laughs> The Saiyans have the, the fucking reader. <laughs> oh my god! One of them, kind of like the Borg, and so you know, and yeah, like Star Trek, <laughs> just without the wires and shit. Yeah, exactly. In, in the hive mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she ends up going on border patrol with him. Yes. And they run into a very interesting creature. The bog. They run into a very interesting cloud. Yeah, which is. And I do, and I'm so sorry, the bogey. The bogey? Yeah, it's called the bogey. I was going to say, they, they, the, the narrator pronounces it as the bog. Really? Yes. Oh, now I have to fix, I, I got to check. I mean, obviously, I haven't even seen how it's written, so I have no idea. Just crazy. But essentially, this thing is this, like, cloud monster mm -hmm. that, like, just roams through what was not supposed to be the spring court, but just kind of happened to get there. Yeah. But it would only take shape when like, you look at it. Would look at it. It would basically like be like if you acknowledge its existence. It projects your fears. It brings it into existence. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like that thing from Harry Potter. Kind it, of. It comes out of the closet. Yeah. 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 Scary shit. Yeah. So, you know, basically they're having this great—not a great talk—but he's picking on her, teasing her a little bit. Lucian is. And she's giving it right back. She is. Alice had told her that, that she can poke him, not not Tamlin. She was like, I wouldn't really mess with Tamlin, but sometimes Lucian needs to be put back in his place. Exactly. And he does. I'm going to be honest with you. And you'll see that in the following books. Lucian really needs a wake up call. He's like a spoiled little brat. Shit has happened to him, but he's a spoiled little brat. Yeah. So he basically sees, not sees, but senses that this this bogue is here mm -hmm. and tells her to look straight ahead and and not look at it as it's probing her mind just being like look at me exactly look at me creepy as shit yeah if something was in my mind telling me to look at it i'm sorry i'm closing my goddamn eyes and like, then looking in its direction <laughs> like close eyes cover overhead just like it's not real it's not, it's real. not real it's not real turn the nightlight on <laughs> Turn the lights back on, people. So, so they get back. They're unharmed. And he tells Tamlin what's out there. So Tamlin is apparently the only one who can hunt and kill the Bogue. Apparently. Because he's Beastie Boy. He's Beastie Boy. Yeah. And what Feyre doesn't know yet is that he's High, high Lord of mm -hmm. Spring Court, not just High Fae. Right. 
So he's able, with his powers as being a high lord, to do that he's and kill top him. Top dog. Top dog. Yeah. Somebody needs to knock that dog down, but we'll get to that. So he goes out and he, he tries to kill this, this bogue. Right. Well, when he's out one night, Feyre's in her room, look out, you know, looking out into the garden, and she sees, she sees a figure out there. She's her father. Sees her little, her little crippled dad. Yeah, who apparently has made a four-day <laughs> trek. Yeah. With in, a fucked knee. In like what? Two days. Yeah, I'd say like a week and a half. Were they there that long though? Yeah, about that. You would say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're there that long, and he's already there. And she goes running out to to get to him. She thinks she's being super stealthy. Oh, super. Yeah, she thinks she's being super stealthy. Yeah, but when she gets there, she's about to get reach her dad. She's about to, you know, grab him and tell him, "Let's go." And a little little tap on the shoulder there. Tamlin's right behind her. Feel some feel some big old bear claws on the <laughs> on the shoulder there. Just yeah. like, yo, what uh, what you doing? <laughs> what you doing, shoddy? <laughs> you know. And it's not her dad. Yeah, he's like, well, look, look at it, look at yeah. it. Yeah. Then it becomes a, a, a quiver of ash arrows with a bow, and then yeah. it becomes a bag of supplies, and he's, she's like, well, mushrooms. <laughs> am I on Elaine's mushrooms? Am I tripping right now? Because that was my father thirty seconds ago. Right. He was right there, and he, she finds out that it's this ancient wicked thing called the puka. Yeah. And it basically is a thing that lures you by using your desires to some remote place and then basically eats you very slowly. Yeah. And so... But it has such a cute name, like a puka. Puka. I want to I want to name, like, my dog a puka. How cute would that be? We got two cats. We could give them... No, they got it. They got... They, we can't rename them. No, Agatha Christie is way too good of a nickname for mm-hmm. Agnes. So, basically, Tamlin comes back and he's he's hurt mm-hmm. and it's his hand and so Feyre kind of gives in and helps him yeah. and so she cleans his wound wraps it and and you know he kind of thanks her a little bit the next day like hey I forgot to thank you like yeah bitch I just saved your life not really but you know I saved your life yeah. so the next day before he thanks her she overhears a very uh, interesting conversation between uh, Tamlin and Lucian mm-hmm. about not, not mentioning names, but that she's coming or she's there. And, you know, she heard, you know, it's a lot of speak of she, but no, Time no. Time is almost up. She, mm-hmm. like, she will be coming. Like, you need to do this now, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But they don't really get into it. Yeah, because she kind of. As she wants to get closer, she kind of knocks into the door and plays it off as, hey, Lucian, are you going hunting today? And, you know, he, he basically says no. And she's like, you know, Tamlin's like, oh, well, I'm, not, I'm free today. Let's, let's do something. This guy, I swear, is trying his damn hardest to get her to be with him, like to, to just get a couple hours with her. And she's just like, no, thanks. I, I just wanted to be with Lu- Lucian, you know. And because she's not really supposed to be prodding Tamlin, she's supposed to be, she can do more things and, with Lucian. And the reason she's trying to develop this 
this friendship with Lucian is so he can talk to Tamlin about setting her free. Exactly. And about letting her go back to her family. Yes. So Tamlin has already told her at this point, like, you are better off, you, like, your family is better off with you here. Yeah. Your family's being taken care of. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to worry about them. Like, they're, they're fine. Yeah. And she doesn't know that, and he tells her later, that they are very much well off. They have the nice new house. Everybody in the town was glamoured to not remember her family. Her family. Not to remember that, that she was taken by, by Tamlin, that she's mm-hmm. off with some long-lost great aunt, aunt that's yeah. wealthy exactly. taking care of her. Weirdest thing. But whatever. Whatever story works for them. She hears that conversation, realizes that she doesn't want to be alone with Tamlin, so she goes into the study to learn to read and write because – when they lost all of their money when she was young. She's illiterate. She's illiterate. She can't read. But her sisters love to make fun of her. Or not sisters, but sister Nesta loves to make fun of her because she didn't get the same education. same education that they did. Right. So she's in there. She's trying to learn to read and write. And, you know, Tamlin's like, I can help you. And she you thinks he's write, just joking. If you want to write letters to your family, like, I can help you. Yeah, and she thinks he's just joking. She's writing down words that she doesn't know how to pronounce so that she can try again later. And, you know, basically, she's trying to get Lucian alone at this point because she wants to know answers. So, you know, she asks, if I wanted to know answers about certain things, who who would I go to? And he says this little creature called the Cyril. 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 Cereal. Cereal. <laughs> Surreal. It's called Captain Crunch. <laughs> it's called Cornflakes. <laughs> okay. So, I, and I, okay, and you will, I hope, learn to love this character. The Cyril. Cereal. Whatever. It, I love this character so much, and I hope you will learn why. So, she, she learns from Lucian, if you take a dead chicken... And you take these snares and all this stuff. If you t- go into this certain grove yeah. with a dead chicken. With a dead chicken. And you lay this trap. And you think really hard. This thing will appear and you'll trap it. And it will tell you anything you want to know. But once you're finished with what you want to know, run like hell after you release it. Because it will kill you. And you got to go across running water. They hate that shit. They hate that shit. They're like cats, you know. Yeah. Hate that shit. So she, she, she does it. She, she catches this thing, and not even Lucian has ever been successfully able to catch a Cyril. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm just going to name it Cyril because I think that's truly what it's pronounced, but we'll, we'll get there. Let's go with it. We'll go with it. So she catches it, and basically he is this really grotesque, skin and bones creature with this cloak. And... Barely, like, no no eyes, kind of just holes and pits. Yeah. And he says, you know, mortal, what what do you want from me? I'm, You know, he's kind of taken back, like, oh, shit, this 19-year-old mortal girl just captured me. Yeah. And so she basically asks her questions, and she gets her answers of that Tamlin is a high lord, and she's taken back by it. And really, the only answer that she had gotten was pretty much just stay with him. Stay, stay with him and you'll be fine. More specifically, stay with the High Lord. Right. 
She didn't say with him. She just said, stay with the high Lord. Yeah, true. So, yeah. So, stay with the high Lord, meaning Tamlin. Stay with him. You'll be, everything will be rightened if you stay with him, basically. So, and this, this creature knows, like, basically past, present, future. And I love this creature. Love it. And I, I, I promise you this thing, and I'm, I'm doing a little sprinkle here, guys. That thing knows tea. And I love him. So when, when they're sitting there, they're talking. She still hasn't an- asked all the questions she wants answered. And the Naga come. Four of them. And he's like, you know, cre- like, mortal, you have to let me go because they're going to kill me. Like, I'm, I'm ancient, but those things can kill me. And no, he says they'll capture me. They'll capture, capture me, me. Hold me, but they will rip you to shreds and eat you. Yeah, like in seconds. Yeah. So he's like, mortal, you run, but you cut me free. And so she does what somebody would never do, and Lucian even gives her this credit that he would never even do it, and even higher fairies wouldn't even do it. This. She lets him go first Her, the first arrow she releases is actually to set him free to set him free yeah and then she books it yeah sets another arrow into one of the other nagas and so there's only three remain three remaining now and i think she stabs another one she does with the hunting knife that lucian gave her yeah and who comes to save her little little old tamlin yeah on on his hunting spree because he was supposedly hunting a pack of the nagas and four of them escaped when they heard her scream. Right. Or when they, not her, when they heard the Cyril scream and smelled her scent. Right. So. And of course, Lucina told her that, that he would, if you scream, like, I'll be there to protect you. I'll be there. And what does he do? Motherfucker hesitates. Uh-huh. Hesitates. No, granted, I know she killed your friend. I get it. I but get still, it. Be a man of your word. Yeah, exactly. Just, and when you make a promise... Be a man of it. And I think we learn, uh, you learn from a Alice. About his character in that moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, he is just as sly as a fox. He truly only cares about himself in various, situ- various situations. Mm-hmm. And you learn from Alice later on in the book that she says to never make a deal with anybody. Right. Never bargain and never make a deal. Because that actually is your words are now written on your skin mm-hmm. because your deals, your bargains now become tattoos of your word. So I'm actually surprised, even though they didn't make a bargain, he did promise. So I'm surprised that didn't show up on his skin some way, somehow, or unless there has to be a certain way it said, I'm not sure, but anyways, he didn't come save her right. and he didn't even get there in time. He said, Thankfully, Tamlin did, but I was right behind him, basically. Like, oh, I was going, but I was, I was right. Thankfully, he got there first. I didn't have to do anything, but he, you know, I was coming. I was there too, you know. <laughs> I was there. I promise. I was behind the tree, okay? Yeah, I was there, but I wasn't there, but I was there. But I, I definitely was, but I wasn't, but I was. Like, I wasn't physically there, but like mentally, mentally? spiritually. Like, right there. I was with you. I was with you, girl, you know? So... <laughs> So she going into a few a little bit later, like I think it was the next chapter, she wakes up dead in the night to find Tamlin and Lucian bringing in a Fay on the brink of death. Who is 
screaming at the top of his lungs. Screaming that she took my wings. She took them. Yeah, because this dude had his fucking wings ripped off. He ripped off his back. Nubs. Yeah. And Feyre comes downstairs and does something very out of character for someone who hates Faye. She holds his hand. Comforts him. Comforts him. Tells him she, he will get his wings again in the next life. She, just, she, just he will so see it. Said, you'll, get, you'll get your wings back. You'll get your wings you, back. You'll get your wings back. You're going you're gonna to make it through this. Yeah. And so basically he, he dies and Tamlin doesn't understand why she did that. And she basically says, which I love this quote. She says, because I wouldn't want to die alone. I'd want someone to hold my hand until the end. And a while after that, that's something everyone deserves, human or fairy. And I love that quote. I think that's, that really shows her character and her character development from hatred to... Yeah, because, I mean, she had stood there so long after he had died that the pool of blood that had come out of this fairy that was, you know, at her feet had mm -hmm. gone cold. Yeah. Well, yeah. that takes a little while. Yeah. And, he, you know, Tamlin and Lucian basically had to drag her away because she, she cared so much. Yeah. And and they they somebody else caused her this later on. I think it's in the next book, though. And one of the characters, I will not... I won't name names, but he says, be proud of your human heart, Feyre. That was in, at the end of this book. Was it? Okay. Yes. I love that. That was that from was, recent. Uh, I was going to say, that was recent. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was when they were talking on the fucking balcony. Yes. yes. I love, I love that scene so much. Because she's, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we get there. So, yeah. So, she, she goes on in this whole, probably half of the book. Where she's she's trying to she's developing these these feelings yeah for for Tamlin because she's she's realizing he's not as he's not as bad as she originally thought and if he was human she probably would have liked him mm -hmm. and it she has to look past the he's fairy he's fae. Yeah, I, I want to say like the first big moment that like she really started realizing that was the night of the uh, the the fire like celebration Calame. Callan, yeah, Callan May. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I was, I was just about to bring that up. I love that. I love that whole chapter yeah. because not only is it a breaking point for both of them, it's a breaking point for another character that comes involved. Do you know who I'm talking about? You're talking about uh, Rayson? Yeah. I was going Yeah, so that that's the his, first. That was his introduction. Yeah, yeah, that was the first time we, we see Rayson. So... You know, she she was basically told by Lucian and Tamlin mm -hmm. that Calame is like this, you know, fire night thing. It's a celebration every year, once a year, where we give magic back to the land. And they tell her, you cannot come. No. You need to stay in your quarters all night long. But what does every awesome main character do? Awesome or just white people in situations like this? Definitely white people. <laughs> Definitely white people. Stupid. We leave our quarters. <laughs> we. What's that noise? Oh, it's it's in the. Oh, there's a lot of rhythmic drumming coming from the woods. <laughs> oh, and bonfires out there. Oh. Let's check that I shit out. I've been told I shouldn't go there because it's for my own safety. No, 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 no. I'm going right there. I like that. I like that log. I like that fire. <laughs> so, so she gets white out there. Shit. White people shit. So she gets out there, and. Three high fae, mm -hmm. 
come three male hyphae come and see her and they don't have masks because anybody from any court is invited to this to partake in in the celebration so three hyphae come up to her and it was like you know basically about to take her and it's like, oh human like we haven't had seen you around yeah we're, we're gonna have some fun with y'all tonight yeah we're gonna we're gonna have some fun <laughs> and she's so scared and tense that she she doesn't do anything against it and they start to back away and there there's this what she describes as a very sensual male voice behind her say there you are i've been looking for you in comes her black knight her black knight her her you know suit of armor right behind her and it's resand and he is high high lord of the night court which we find out a little bit later. And so basically she she thanks him, but in her own mind, she's like, did I just trade three monsters for even a bigger one, big one? And Lucian, you know, he lets her go, and Lucian finds her, runs into her, and basically tells her what Calame is really about, which is... He becomes nearly feral and finds someone to mate with. Yeah, and high fae ladies just line up and get ready for him to for him to pick his mate and for Lisa's that evening like, what the fuck are you because <laughs> like, he's gonna smell you all of this shit up. yeah because he's gonna smell you and he's gonna know you were here and he's gonna go crazy because he's not even gonna be able to yeah. find you so now i gotta take you back and now i gotta do damage control thank you thank I was you to enjoy my night nope here we go again i had ladies lined up for me too i have a i'm a redhead okay <laughs> nobody lined up for a redhead i'm so sorry but so she goes back, goes back to sleep, wakes up and is like, mm-hmm, I could use a little like midnight snack, goes downstairs. And as she eats, she, this brute of a man, Tamlin, comes in and is like, basically, I smelled you. I knew you were there. Why couldn't I find you? Yeah, I why? Looked I looked all over. Just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. And he bites her neck. I thought he was going to break her cervix after that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for it. I was like, oh, yeah, they're going down and dirty. But they didn't. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was going to shatter her pelvis. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there was a lot of tension in that scene. And there was. And I think that's why I loved that, they, that Sarah J. Moss waited for that scene to come between them because it was a tension between it really is an enemies to lover and she does this twice in the series mm-hmm. well actually three times mm-hmm. and i will let you figure that out later but i am very excited for you too i've got ideas yeah and I, i'm I very excited for that i can tell you later <laughs> please so she you know is in calame you know she wakes up the next morning and Lucian sees this the scars you know he's kind of you know nervous about it and she basically just flaunts it as like a you should talk to him you know kind of thing like it, it was his fault and it's like really yeah face palm face palm face i palm. tried to make sure this wasn't gonna happen and the dumb bitch left her room again it still happened exactly so he's he basically tamlin basically said you know we told her to stay in her room. Whatever happened to her was not my fault because we told her to stay in her room and I was feral, basically. So 
skipping a little bit, they become a little bit closer, her and Tamlin, after that. And she was extremely jealous thing. Like when she went back to the house after like, mm-hmm. and took her back, she was like, oh, like he's just out there with all these other bitches. Like, yeah. I wish I could have been one of them. Exactly. Maybe he would have chosen me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know what she was thinking. But she had FOMO about that shit. She did have FOMO. <laughs> but she, she starts painting because Tamlin gives her paintbrushes and paint and canvases and shows her his gallery that he has very beauty and the beast kind of picturesque thing it took them three goddamn days to clean that gallery yeah what the hell yeah yeah <laughs> how filthy was that place i don't think it was that filthy i think he was he was like crazy about it you know what i mean like i think he since she wanted to see it I think he he made it like this isn't good enough if I see a speck of dust. I just pictured that maybe the last people in there had like a paint fight or something. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you know, but you don't know, and I, I'll tell it to you later. But there is a there is a very paint isk scene later in this book, and later in the next book. Oh, I'm very well aware. Miss, I got to go up there. One fucking week a month. Oh. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, you you don't know. You don't know. I know in your eyes you don't know what I'm thinking of, and I can't wait for you to get to that scene. That scene is my my Lord and Savior. So, anyways. Is it your high Lord and Savior? Yes. <laughs> my high Lord. And thank the cauldron, am I right? So. <laughs> I'd rather just thank the bowl. <laughs> so. I'm going to start thinking the crock pot and see if that catches on. <laughs> think the crock pot. I oh, think it would catch thank on. Thank you, old Insta Pot Sky. <laughs> thank you for giving me Insta Noodles. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, old air fryer up there in the sky making chicky nuggies all the time. <laughs> chicky nuggies. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh my god, the tangents this episode have been ridiculous. It's been awesome. So getting back to this story. We're like halfway through this book. I hope you understand that. Yeah, it's not even it's not even close. This might have to be two episodes. So <laughs> she shows Tamlin all of her paintings that she's done. And I think this was the real turning point for her of like, yeah, I like this dude and I want to please him. And it was very, like, submissive of her. Like, I want him to be proud of what I've done, of, of having, having these paintings. And I want him to like these paintings. And this is his gift. And it was very turning, of, uh, turning the point for her. Even though when she shows them to him, she's like, you know, I can't compare to any, any yeah. artists that are fae. And he's like, what are you talking about? These are these beautiful. Are beautiful, yeah. And so... You know, she basically gives him the paintings. He basically takes her around the garden. They speak about his family, his parents, how they were mated, and how mating uh, versus just marriage is very different. Mating is your equal, your your partner for life. That nobody you you don't divorce. That is your your mate for life. That is your person, your equal. Nothing. The bond is much deeper. Yes. Than 
just love. Than just love or just a marriage. Yeah. And I thought that was a very important part. Yes. A very important part. And I think the when she put it in the book was very sly and i liked it no but she wanted people to forget by certain points as well yes she wanted you to know when it was convenient to be like oh i remember that shit Mm -hmm. so he basically says that his parents were mated but his dad was like this evil high lord he he was he hit her he was a slave owner yeah and he hit his wife even though they were mated like he was not a good person but she couldn't look past the point that they were mated so she would she would never say anything against her husband no basically they're talking in this garden they're they're having a great time and very abruptly he's like you need to hide yeah you need to stay here and not come out exactly because there's there's a a tour which is a evil creature with bat-like wings and it's like a huge thing though like it's like six foot tall like, it's huge. It reminds me of Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Like, it's this huge bat-like thing, dismantled face, like, disgusting. And she, he glamours her to not be seen, smelled, or heard. And so the Atar is talking to both him and Lucian, and he's basically saying, if you break the rules, if you break the deal, the treaty you know what will happen to you if she gets wind of it. And he's like, I haven't broken any rules. We're fine. Everything's fine. But it's still, you're only getting pieces of the story of what is this true curse? Who is this she they continue to refer to? Exactly. And so... And she keeps having these questions too. Like, who is this person that is making these people scared? Yeah. And and first off, can I say it's a she? Like kills me like yes bitch Mm -hmm. it's not this evil rich dude it's it's this badass woman even though you everybody hates her badass i'd say bad bitch maybe bad bitch i would say bad bitch she was a bad bitch she was a bad bitch but she okay so they basically you know everything's fine he leaves and she is found again they they unglamour her she's fine everything's safe and you know, Lucian uh, basically says, did he see her? And Tamlin's like, no, he didn't. He, I, I promise you he didn't. I made sure of that. He did not see her, smell her, or hear her. Like, she's, it's fine. She's fine. She's safe for now. And not only is her being mortal very difficult because everybody wants to kill her anyways, but the Tor would want to kill her for a very different reason that you find out later in the book. Which is, she might be the key to breaking this this curse. Mm-hmm. So, Tamlin decides, and this was another huge turning moment for the both of them. Tamlin decides to glamour to release her glamour by kissing both of her eyelids, so that she can see everything that he can. How how their world should be viewed, and they fall asleep next to each other in this glen. Which I thought was pretty cute. I thought it was like a cute little. Now was when he released the glamour to see everything that she that she could. Was that when she woke up the next day and was like, "How did I get back?" Was like, "Where's Alice?" Like, is she yes, sick? that was the next day. She's like, "Bitch, I'm right here." <laughs> I'm Alice. What are you talking about? 
I'm right here, bitch. Have blue skin like that? Yeah. <laughs> and and so then she realizes everybody was glamored and like there's so many staff that worked at the house that she never saw because she mm-hmm. was glamored not to see them. And that's when Lucian's like yeah, the night that you thought you were sneaking out, like, everyone saw you. <laughs> yeah, you had a full audience, like... You thought you were being really sneaky. Nah, mm-hmm. they were just like, eh, look at her. <laughs> look at that stupid little human. <laughs> like, they, it really was, like, an embarrassing moment for her to realize that. But goes outside after this and finds a head staked in the on a fountain statue with night court's symbol branded onto it. And, you know, they knew it was from Resand and it was a whole thing. And, you know, Tamlin basically decided just throw it away. Like, we're not going to fight. You know, he's he's crazy. Like, it's no use trying to fight him. So Summer Sol- Soltis. Salt- Fuck. Solstice. Thank you. God damn. That was whew, what happened to my language. Just my show. Just Yes. Shema Shoshis came around. <laughs> and and Feyre goes to this party because she's allowed to. She's finally able to go to this party. And she was she was warned though, you can eat any of the food, but just don't touch this this wine. Don't drink the fairy wine. Yeah. That's the only thing that will have an effect on you. Because it's like 12 bottles of your wine at home in one sip. So. With a little bit of LSD. Yeah. Good Good effect. Yeah. And so what does she do as a stupid mortal and, you know, try to prove a point to Lucian? Fuck this shit. I'm going anyway. Fucking chugs it in front of him. Like. if. like. Guess I got to babysit again. (laughs) Yeah. And then Tamlin comes up and he's like, no, no, no. It's fine. Like, I'll babysit. Like, you have fun, Lucian. So Lucian's excited because he can be free and you know Tamlin and and Feyre have a really good night she can dance she feels alive for one of the first times in a while and he takes her dancing he he dances with her and he shows her the will-o'-wisps which are just these little little lights that love to just gleam around and and they're like little stars and so he takes her and he sees that and kisses her because she finally asks to be kissed. So they the next day, they all have lunch together, her, Tamlin, and Lucian. And they get a little little surprise from, from her, her buddy, Resand. And basically, they tell Feyre to hide behind the curtains. And Tamlin glamours her again so she cannot be seen, heard, or smelled. And Reese and Lucian and Tamlin all talk about this this woman that w- doesn't have the name yet she finally gets a name amarantha mm-hmm. and weird ass name weird ass name yeah why can't it just be like amanda or, or samantha or samantha why does yeah. it have to be amarantha but it's a cool name i it's like, like it Amos, amethyst and amanda or and samantha <laughs> yeah like love child and amarantha. <laughs> yeah exactly so they they talk about Am- amarantha and Reese looks over to the table and he's like, he sees three dining sets. So he's like, where's this, where's this little, where's this little guest? Where's your, where's your friend? Yeah, where's your friend? And, oh, you cannot get anything past Reese. He knows exactly who was there. And he's like, you dare glamour me, right? He finds out that Favor's there and he basically asks for her name. And he has this really cool power 
of being able to sneak into your brain a little bit and shred your brain from the inside and make you kind of go crazy. So he goes into her mind and he, she can, she says she can feel talon like claws prodding into her mind, like little, little teasing, a little graze right there. And first off, wouldn't he already know her name by doing that, her real name? But she gives a different name. She gives the name Claire better. She's like, my name's Claire, blah, blah, blah. And she, he leaves. And Tamlin's like, this, this well, place isn't... after Tamlin. He made Tamlin get on his knees and... Beg. Yes, that he wouldn't... For him not to tell Amarantha. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole conversation before she was revealed was basically Lucian just calling Resand Amarantha's whore. Yes. Which, ouch. Oh, yeah. Ouch? You like, that hurts? That, that does, like, affect him. Oh, yeah. And you see, I, and like I said, you see that even more in, like, the second and third book. Mm-hmm. Because it, but it bothers him so much. But you don't truly see it until, like, the second or third book. And it's, it's a very interesting dynamic that he has, like, with his own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he, he gets this name out of her. And Talon basically deems it unworthy, or not unworthy, but unsafe for her to be here still. So she, you know, they have this moment together. They, Talon and her sleep together that night. And the next morning, he's gone from her bed. And he sends her away to go back to live with her family. Yeah. And, and, and Lucent's mad as shit. He's mm-hmm. like, really? You're going to leave? Like, right now, you are going to leave. Like, and you're going to let her leave right yeah, now. Like, he's saying that to her. He's like, you're going to let him send you away. Yeah. Like, you're not even going to try and fight. Yeah. Like, it's clear what you two have, but you're not mm-hmm. going to try and fight. Really? Yeah. And then he gets mad at, you know, Tamlin for even letting, for even having the idea to let her leave. So... She goes back to her family and sees that they're in this nice mansion that they were, were very well taken care of and n- finds out that Nesta was trying to cross the wall the whole time because she was not glamored either correctly or her mind was too strong. That, that was when I was like, man, I kind of fucking like Nesta. Because she, like, <laughs> she was like, a glamour like that is not going to work on me. All you need is a strong will. It's like, bitch, you willed that away? Are you you willed me? that? Okay, what kills me, though, is when you texted me and you said, I like this Nesta, I wanted to punch you through the phone <laughs> because because of who she is. I think it's her personality traits that really kill me, where she's just, like, so – to her, like, as the oldest sister, I feel like you would have taken more responsibility when you guys were in need and you would have helped your family survive, but she let her – baby sister just go out into the world every day yeah that's not that's not who nesta is no but i can tell that nesta's gonna become a bad bitch yeah 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 so thanks to help from some friends yeah so she so pharaoh's here and she realizes that she loves tamlin but she didn't get the chance to tell him mm-hmm. and so she knows he's in trouble so she goes back but it's too late. Yeah, she gets back to the to the estate, and it's been ransacked. Like no yeah. one's no one's there. She does find Alice. Yep. Who's trying to get 
like all the provisions that she can because she's like, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. Because my nephews are in hiding because their parents were killed in mm-hmm. the summer court. Yeah. And they tried to rebel. Mm-hmm. Like, so I need to get them to safety. Yeah. And she asked Alice, like, I need you to take me under the mountain. Yeah. And she's basically like, I can get you to the door. And after that, you have to realize no one comes out alive under the mountain. And she tells her, don't believe what you see. Yep. Don't believe what you hear. And don't make deals. Don't make deals. Don't drink their wine because Mm -mm. it's even stronger than what you had at the summer solstice. Yep. And she takes that, takes that advice, goes under the mountain. Mm -hmm. She gets pretty far. And then the Ator catches her. That mother son of a gun. I mean, he's he's essentially Batman. He if is. Batman, well, Where is she? <laughs> he's, he's Man Bat. <laughs> she, he, he's, he's Wayne Bruce. Yes, he's Wayne Bruce. He's Man Bat. <laughs> he's Man. Uh, my old nemesis, Man Bat. <laughs> Not all capes wear heroes, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she gets caught, uh, and she gets taken in front of Amarantha. Where right next to her, Tamlin sits. But he ain't saying shit. Looks cold. He's calculating. Everything. Yeah. And everything that she's trying to tell Amarantha, every pain she's going through, everything. He's, his face, not even a jaw is moving. Not even a lip. Nothing. Not even an eyebrow. He is emotionless. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I love this man. And he's not even showing any emotion. Like, he has to be in that much pain, but not showing anything because he knows I'm going to die if he does show emotion. So she looks at the other wall, and she sees Mrs. Mrs. Clea. Yeah, because she had found out when she was home from her sister that Claire Better's family home had burnt down with everyone inside. Mm Mm-hmm. But Claire wasn't found. And she was like, these motherfuckers come across the wall? (laughs) These motherfuckers? They they came here? Turns out they had. Because Reese told Amarantha that her name was Claire. Mm -hmm. That she told him her name was Claire. Mm -hmm. But you. And of course, then Amarantha's like, oh, no wonder that one kept saying that she'd never known no fairies and that she didn't know who Tamlin is and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. She's like, by the way, recent, why did you say that this was the girl that you saw at, at Tamlin's manor? Like, he's just, like, basically picking his ear, just like, oh, I thought it was. Thought All it was. look the same to me. Exactly. He's mm-hmm. staying so chill. Mm-hmm. And he's very calculating. Oh, yes. And I, f- I love... That's one of the reasons I like him. I love him. Like, I love, t- I love Rhysand. He, I love him and the C- Cyril. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they have my heart. Both of them collectively they have my heart they could rip it to shreds like it's theirs (laughs) so so basically she gets thrown into a cage with this promise that she will release tamlin and all of his court if she can either solve a riddle or pass three obstacles it was two different things it was she will release tamlin and all of his court if you can meet the three trials I will immediately immediately yes in all of his court if you can answer my riddle. Yes, but do you really think she would release everybody immediately? 
I feel like there was something, you know, there was a little if and or but in there. Well, think of it. Think of when she, if, I mean, she answers the riddle. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. And they immediately get their powers back. That is true. Yeah. Because it technically was a bargain. Right. And it's that key But she wasn't. Because when she completed the third trial, she even said, yeah, I'll release everyone. When you all die. Yeah. Because I never said that I would release you immediately. Alive. Yeah. I never said that I would release everyone immediately if you completed the trials. Yeah. But then she answers the riddle. And so before that, getting to that, she she's trying to figure out this riddle. And I feel like because the, the whole curse is they were sent, you know, to this party with Amarantha and she... She cursed them. She she still is, mm-hmm. and she, she was obsessed. obsessed. She sent everybody to in the masks, and basically her curse was, in fifty years, if you can't find someone to fall in love with a human to fall in love with you, that hates hates fairies, then you know I will release you of your curse if you can find that. If you can't, you're mine. Basically, yeah, setting that curse up to be. In seven of seven years, for a forty-nine yeah. year curse. It's yeah. Weird. Yeah, she, and she gets that. She, she takes them like way, like not way, like a few months before the fifty years are up. Mm-hmm. So first off, that's not fair. Right. I'm calling bullshit on her, but she she takes them, and she gives this riddle and. My problem is with this riddle is how did, like, I feel like everybody in the book, everybody that's reading the book saw this bitch, saw this coming. Of course the answer is love. I thought it was death. You thought it was death? Or at first I thought it was death when I first heard What? Yeah. Oh, I knew damn well it was love considering what the curse was. Mm-hmm. Like once you realize what the curse was and that he needs to, you know, find someone in this amount of years, I knew instantly that the riddle was love. When you found out about the curse, I felt for the man. Because he had to yeah. send his subjects across the wall, basically to be slaughtered. Have you seen the meme? And it's like, it's like, uh, oh shit, what's his name from Shrek, the little king? Farquaad. Yeah, where he's like, some of you may die, but that is a risk I am willing to make. It's it's literally Tamlin sending his guards and, and warriors out beyond the wall. Some of you shall die, but that is the risk that I am willing to take. <laughs> yeah, for love. <laughs> so so she gets thrown down into this into this cave and her first quest is, or first trial. trial is to go under or to go against the min guardian worm. It's essentially a, a fucking 40-foot earthworm. Okay, did you think, when you read it or listened to it, did you picture... Big-ass earthworm. The Alaskan bullworm from Spongebob? No, I actually pictured one of the worms from Dune. Ah, oh, damn. Okay, yeah. so I looked this up. Worm, the way it's spelled in this book... It's W-Y-R-M. It's a dragon. It's a worm. It's a dragon. Yeah. Without any... Arms, legs, or, you know, It's, it's a wings. dragon with no wings, arms, legs, eyes, yeah. or a nose. Exactly. It's a dragon. It's 
basically take a dragon and make an earthworm out of a dragon just With without the, the fiery parts. Yeah. So this this thing she she gets thrown into and she basically covers herself in mud and she she defeats the motherfucker. Yeah, by using the bones of its other victims. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she she masks her smell and hurts herself in the process. And breaks her arm. Yeah. And but she gets out. Yeah. And she gets of she she can feel the fever coming on of this infection in her arm. Yeah, because I mean she had basically like this mud had been made from like rotting flesh, flesh and feces and shit yeah. like that that was now in her skin in, into her bloodstream pretty much. Yeah. And so ugh. So she's sitting there and she knows she's going to die before her even second trial because it's one trial a month. Mm-hmm. She knows she's going to die. But Raysand comes and... And it's not like he just walked through the door into into a prison cell. No, this motherfucker's just going to come through the fucking wall. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, I got shadows to do shit for me. So. Yeah, I got... <laughs> I can do all this. and <laughs> Look at me do it again. You know? So... <laughs> So he basically sits down with her and holds her arm and says, I can help you, but it will come come at a little price. And he basically says, I will fix your arm, but you have to come to my house, to my court, twice a, uh, for two weeks every month. For the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And she said, mm-hmm. No, I'm good. F you, basically. Because she's at this point, she's thinking that, that Lucian's going to come back. Because yeah. he'd already been there once to, to visit her. To visit her, yeah. And to kind of give her some information. And she's like, he's going to come back. Yeah. And Reese kind of has a little little forefront where he's like, he's not coming back, sweetheart. Like, you're stupid. Yeah, because while she was fighting fighting the, the worm, yeah, he, he had, like, yelled out to her that, oh, it's, it's going to come through the wall behind you. Yeah. And because of that, Amarantha made Tamlin whip him. Whip him, yeah. 20 lashes, I think? Something like that, yeah. So he was terrified to come help her because, yeah, because he was going to probably either get hit again or worse, killed. So Reese comes comes in and is like, okay, well, I guess you don't need my services and starts to leave. And she's like, wait, how about one week a month? And he's like, okay. He's like, how about five days? She's five like, days. Ten. She's seven. Seven. He's like, One week. All right, seven. Yeah, I can, I can do seven. So she, he, he heals her, but when she looks at her arm again, it's now covered in this tattoo of spirals and a nice little, little eye on her, on her palm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why would you do this? Yeah, she's now like, I can. Now know, everybody knows. She's like, you know, I would have done two weeks. Yeah. For the rest of my life, and he's like, you know, I would have done it for free. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He. <laughs> he's so calculating. Like he, he he's oh I love him I love him so much, and so she goes through the second trial, mm-hmm. which Lucian is now a part of, and he's in a cage mm-hmm. and these she's basically got to figure out a math question yeah as a flame ceiling is coming at her and at him yeah. because it's going to kill him before her or something like that 
And so she basically has to figure out this riddle or whatever of this problem of what button to press before the before the wall comes down and, and basically kills her friend. She still can't read. She's no. like, life and death has come down to this for me and my friend. And, and I, I can't, can't read. read. Yeah. So she... And it was she, a question like, Sally's got six apples. <laughs> she gives four to Johnny. How many does she have How left? many does she have left? And so she starts to hover over one of the buttons. And she gets a very instant pang into her head. That's like, you shouldn't press that button. She moves to the other one. Same thing. Shouldn't press it. Gets to the middle one. And it's like, no pain. Nothing's there. She feels ease. Moves back to the first one. Gets the pain again. Yep. Back to the third. Gets the pain. Goes back. And she's like, guess this is the fucking one. Because she's looking up and like, I can feel the heat off of this. It's melting my face. Yeah. And she sees Reese above as she's doing this and Lucian's is like just press a goddamn button. press any button like <laughs> save me damn it so she presses it everything stops she's made it through the through the second one so in between the second and the third trial Reese basically uses her through all these events that go on mm-hmm. and that's the only time she's allowed out of her cage so he sends his own personal two shadow mates to clean her and dress her and paint, paint her. her. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically gets to use her as his entertainment for the whole night. And he may, like forces her to drink their super wine. Yeah. And so she, she doesn't remember any of the night. She just knows she danced for him. She's basically just giving him lap dances like every the whole t- The whole night. Yeah. And she wakes up feeling sick and groggy and just disgusting, you know, because she knows she had to dance for this guy and she doesn't want to. But one night before the third trial, and this whole time she's still no visits from Tamlin. He's not even looking at her anymore. Like nothing, nothing, no energy is coming from him, basically. And, and Lucian has told her at this point, like, why do you think he doesn't react? Because he knows that Amarantha's watching you. Or yeah. watching her. Yeah. Or him. I'm sorry. Watching, <laughs> she's, she's watching, she's watching him. Yeah. And she's looking for a reaction from him as yeah. she's torturing Thera. Yeah. So she knows, okay, this is what's going to make, is going to break him the fastest. Exactly. So the, the longer he doesn't show any signs is the longer she's safe. Mm-hmm. Safe-ish as safe as she can be so one night she comes down and he is talking about the paint and he's like hey i'm just again if anybody touches you i'll know because the paint only smears if somebody other than me touches you well he even says he's like the paint will smear if i touch you but i remember will remember where i've touched you oh yeah yeah he does say that and i love that reese says that and, then, and he, he goes on to explain that there is a reason why I've only touched your arms and your waist. And I've yeah. never touched you anywhere else. And, and it's kind of a, a reminder for her of who touched her where for the, for, from the night before. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives her peace. Even though she can't remember the night before, she at least knows, okay, nobody violated me. And not only that, it's also showing Tamlin yeah. that Reese is not violating her. Exactly. 
a little peace of mind for both of them. But, and I think that's the biggest key there. Yeah. That's the biggest key there. Yeah. Because he, he, even though he's shown us so mean and cruel, he wants Tamlin and her to know he doesn't mean so much harm. Mm-hmm. So one night, she goes downstairs and Reese basically makes a distraction a little bit. Tamlin finds Feyre out on the dance floor and pulls her behind like this wall and the first thing he does is hands all over her kissing her wanting to be close with her pulling up her skirt she's ripping off his belt trying to fumble with his with his pants exactly get them bad boys off yeah yeah and reese comes in to stop it and he has to basically get close to Feyre. as tamlin leaves he like snaps his fingers so Tamlin is free of the paint but he has to get close to Feyre so when because he knows Amarantha's coming and he has to make it look like it was only him that did that not Tamlin so he did even at even though he did stupid mean cruel shit he really truly wants her out and does not want Tamlin to get hurt because he would not he would not have cared if Tamlin was shown with all this paint. Well, it's like later in that same night, he shows up to her, her cell. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I just need a break from all of this. Yes. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, all of this mess. Yeah. And then he all starts this to explain show. to her, like, why do you think I haven't touched you? Yeah. It's to make sure that he, when he does finally get his shit back and is able to go berserk because he's the only one that can kill her. Yeah. Is like, it's so he doesn't point that shit at me. Exactly. And so that he and I can put our like grudge behind behind us, us yeah, and start anew. Because Reese's father was the one that killed um, Tamlin's, Tamlin's father. father and brother. Yes. And Tamlin's father and brothers were some of Amarantha's biggest allies, which is one of the reasons why Reese has become her whore. Yes. So, you know, Amarantha catches Feyre and, and Reese together with this paint. She kind of makes a chuckle out of it. Oh, my whore has a whore, basically. Mm-hmm. And soon enough, the third trial comes. Mm-hmm. And basically, this trial is she has to kill three, three innocent fairies. Mm-hmm. She gets through the first. Very tough. As the dude begs for his life. Mm-hmm. Gets through the second. That woman took it with dignity. She sent up a prayer to her to the yep. cauldron and her gods, and then was basically like, "Let's do this shit." Yeah. Then she gets to the third person. Gets unmasked. It's Tamlin. And it's Tamlin. Mm-hmm. And the Tamlin that she'd been seeing sitting in the throne disappears. Yep. She'd been getting, all a charade. Yep, she'd been getting glamoured that entire time. Yep. Yeah. And she basically thinks like, "This isn't Tamlin. This." This is also a glamour. This is a charade. I have to. I have to stab this guy. You know, he'll be fine. Yeah, I have she, to stab him. She's like, she's like, this is this isn't fair. No. But then she starts remembering things that people have told her the entire time. Like, don't believe. Like, oh, some for some t- people telling Tamlin, like, oh, for someone with a, a heart of stone, like, you sure have a lot of fear in there. Yeah. Like, oh, for someone with a heart of stone, like, it has been getting soft rather recently. Mm-hmm. And things like that, and she realizes. They're not being figurative. Yeah. 
They're being literal. Yeah. So she stabs him in the chest and actually hears the knife hit something hard. Yeah. And when she comes back, the blade's tip had actually dented in on itself. Mm -hmm. She'd hit his stone heart. Yeah. Which is wild in itself. Exactly. So, but she passes. Mm -hmm. And... And that's when Amarantha's like, oh, I never said that I would let you go meet Yeah. That was only with the riddle. That was only with the riddle. You silly little girl. I'll let you go once you die. Yeah. And she basically thinks about it for a second and then spits out the answer to the riddle. Love. It's love. As she's getting the absolute shit kicked out of her by Amarantha. Mm -hmm. And Amarantha takes that one second, that one riddle, right? Everyone's released. And what does Amarantha do to Feyre? Snaps her neck. Snaps it in half. And Feyre describes that she can hear someone scream out for her. But it's not Tamlin. No. It's not Lucian. No. It's Reese. Yeah. Who had been the first one. He had gone to Tamlin after the, their, they got their powers back and was like, mm-hmm. you need to get her now. You need to get her now. You need to get her now. Yeah. And he's not healing fast enough from the wound that he got from an ash wood dagger. Yeah. So Reese picks up the dagger on his own and, and starts goes. going after her. And yeah. she beats the shit out of him and just destroys him into the fucking floor. Mm-hmm. But the whole time he's doing that, Feyre's dead, but she sees through through Reese, Reese's eyes. Yeah. And it's like a, she explains it as a bond between the bargain right. that kept her alive through him. It kept her soul tethered, tethered to, to him. The spot. Yeah. yeah. And so Tamlin kind of wakes up, gets get his groove back. Sees her dead. Sees her dead. Kills Loses Am- it. Yeah. Loses his shit. Kills Am- Amarantha. Mm-hmm. Reese in that moment, she feels all his grief, basically. And it's a little insight, a little sprinkle of what Reese, who he is and what he truly feels and that he's not this cruel person. That he does have guilt. He does have remorse. And she watches as all the seven high lords give her and over her dead body a piece of them. A piece of their soul. And it's like little droplets of light, basically, that hit into her. And she comes back. But. As high fae. As high fae. Yeah. And she's different. She has the ears. Her eyes are different. She feels different. She basically goes back to talk with Reese. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells her, gives her insight, basically, yeah. of who he is. Yeah. I mean, she. you're talking about when she finds him on the balcony. Yes. Yeah. And he's got his wings out and whatnot. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, you know, I actually do love to fly. And he tells her, like, you know, I don't really tell people a lot. Yeah. About the things that I love because they tend to get taken away from me. And I love because you don't see his wings up until this point. So she just realizes that she has, that he has these these wings and that he's also like a shapeshifter basically. I think he had shown her this at one point already because. Maybe. I think he had done a partial transformation when she was cleaning the lentils out of his chimney. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. So she had, she had seen them once before, but she she says to him like, "Oh, I never knew you loved your wings." Yeah. Because he's just standing there with them out. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I never tell people what I love because because like, it will take be taken yeah. away." And it, I just, I love, I love Reese, and I, I think he truly is a broken soul. Um, and we'll find more about that in the second episode or the second episode, second book, book. which will be another episode, which yes, (laughs) but yeah, he, he basically, he, he tells her, you know, I, I love my wings. I get to go home basically very excited because he's been stuck on a mountain for 50 years with this woman and only able to go out for certain occasions as a spy for her. Mm -hmm. So the ending of the book is basically... Well, as they're standing there talking, he has this realization of mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And she's like, what? And he's just like, I gotta go. And just bolts. Yeah. Just leaves her there by herself. Yeah. And the book ends with... Tim her and, going and, back. And Feyre going back to the spring, spring court. And and not as Feyre Archeron anymore, but as Feyre, Feyre Cursebreaker. Uh, Freya? For a Freya. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I I love her name though, Feyre. But yeah, so considering that we talked about the whole thing, what are you looking forward to for the next book? What do you think is going to happen? I want to read. I want to reread what I had sent to you earlier today. Okay. About what my thoughts were about that scene there at the end. Okay, I would love to hear it. I was like, okay, so I think that the reason was very intrigued with her. Uh huh. When as as a human of why Tamlin was so interested in her. Like what yeah. what drew him to her. Mm-hmm. Or her to him. Mm-hmm. And um I think after her, you know, transformation and subsequent resurrection, I think that uh a bond had kind of been formed between them, possibly due to the the bargain and the yeah. tattoo that was pretty much used to help tether her soul to the current plane so mm-hmm. that she could be re- revived. Yeah. Um, I was like, could possibly be the beginning of a mating bond? And that was the realization that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do think that he was developing, starting to develop feelings for her with the amount of time that she showed with her. And the scene where he shows up after he had sent her away, after he found her and Tamlin making out, yeah. He was like, I just needed peace and quiet. Yeah. And you're the only person I can really talk to about this kind of shit. Exactly. Like, that showed his vulnerability, and he mm-hmm. was willing to show that side to her. I think that's huge. Yeah. For just... That was a turning point for his character, at least in this book. I was going to say, I, I, don't, I think that was a turning point for their kind of relationship. Yeah. As well as his character development as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, especially the way that he assaulted Amarantha at mm-hmm. the end. And was the one that that cried out for her. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot more to him than meets the eye, and there's a lot more about what he feels for her than what he's going to. Really yeah. So what do you think? What do you hope to happen in the next book? I don't want to. Don't want to say it. People are going to be mad at me if they've only read the first book. I don't think her, she and Tamlin are a good match. Yeah. I I don't. I I just find it so I, annoying that in this book. Reese basically gives him the opportunity to get her out of there when he distracts Amarantha at the party and Tamlin only uses her for sex. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing in his mind. And I think... 
I th- think, I think he gave the, him that little out. I think it's the equivalent of a, you know, a high school first love. It's, it's, yeah. it's nothing deeper than lust. Yeah. Um, I, I think she, I think these weeks that she's going to have to spend in the night court will develop into a lot more. Um, Maybe. I, I feel like she will end up being won over by him because she, she was more willing to open up to him than she was to Tamlin in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I don't know if that's because of her whole just view on the Fae itself has changed. Yeah. But, and especially once, when I think she realizes how much he did for her. Yeah. To help her get through this. I think, I think for sure. And honestly, I think one of the reasons why he, if it, if there was a deeper meaning to his reaction at the end, I think one of the reasons he left was because he's scared. And he, he doesn't want to feel like it opened that up because he doesn't want her taken from him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, okay, I don't want to give too much away. But I, I do, I, like I said to you many times before, the second book in this series is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I love the character development in the second book and more of like how Feyre deals with being high Fey. And dealing with her struggles of, of her anxiety and, and, and depression and all of her issues with dealing with under the mountain, I think it's definitely a bigger bigger issue that she's going to have to face within the second novel. Mm-hmm. So if you had to rate this book, one out of five stars, or yeah, one to five stars, what would you rate it? Eleven. Ooh, <laughs> I I'm I can honestly say before this book I've I've never been big on on female authors. Yeah. Um, just they normally don't write in the genre that I listen to. Exactly. Or that I read. Yeah. And I've never been big on female leads. I love this. Absolutely love this. Claps. Yeah. I'm so excited. Absolutely love this. Yeah. I, I I'm very very excited to get into the rest of this series and yeah. figure out where things are gonna go. And I think I think you know Sarah J Moss is really she is that fantasy writer for the women you know like this is truly enough of the fantasy where it's like you can understand where it's placed what's happening Mm -hmm. but it's not too much where it's like these crazy words um crazy places all that stuff where you where i see a lot of male authors Mm -hmm. where you're like kind of lost you know and and a lot of male authors like to write from second person and third person where she writes from first person the entire the, time. Yeah, the entire even time. After she di- even after she dies, she's writing from first person yeah. and she's seeing it through another person. Yeah. And I, I love this book. This book is a five out of our five star rating for me. Um, and like I said, I wish I could read this book again, like I, how I felt the first time I read it. Mm-hmm. And and my feelings and I and I know yours will too, my feelings about this fucking book change so drastically when i read the second one mm-hmm. i and i will tell you this right now i barely read the first book anymore when i reread i only start with the second book because my hatred for a certain character in the first book definitely becomes my whole thought process like i hate a certain character Are you talking about Nesta? yeah i hate nesta <laughs> but i i do hate nesta but it's another character in this in this first book 
that I hate way more than Nesta. Oh. And you will find out very soon. The Prince of Merchants? The father? <laughs> <laughs> the father? You really hate the father? No. No, I... He's a cripple. He is. I'm sorry, Prince of Merchants. No, I... Yeah, I hate a certain character in this book, but the book itself is a five out of five star rating. Love it. It's, it, again, one of my favorite books. I have a whole shrine for this book. I have, like, a cute little, like moon lamp that glows i have a little crown like it's it's really cute well hopefully by the time that the tv show comes out for this we've like done enough that we could like set up a facebook page and you can do like little Ooh, parties that'd like be that. so much fun with like some of our fans yeah our fan i don't know how many of you are out there hey uh, one is all we need yeah. yeah that that one that's listening thank you <laughs> deanna deanna <laughs> deanna love you <laughs> She'll like that shout out. I was going to say, she's going to lose her mind when she gets a shout out. Yeah. Deanna, Danielle, I think that's all. Andy. Oh, and because he got pissed last week. What's up, Scott? What's up, Scott? <laughs> I don't even know if you're going to listen to this book. Yeah, I, again, I love this book. This this book means so much to me. Yeah. It definitely helped me through, like, my my book withdrawal. Like, I didn't, I didn't like to read anymore. Like, I went through a little little book depression you know I couldn't find anything that suited me and then I found this series and I was just like there there will be nothing better and now I have that book hangover like there will be nothing better than this book I went through like a 20 year book hangover Mm. it was like Junie B. Jones oh like the book that I've got you reading now yeah because of an anime that I watched and I was like okay I'm gonna read the books yeah exactly and I was like Fuck that anime. These books are so much better. <laughs> books are better, man. And I'm I'm just nervous that they won't do right with the... But Sarah J. Moss is very... And Hulu's got a good budget. They do. And she's very involved, involved with it. So that's what's saving me right now. But hopefully everything will work out. That's how I feel about the Terminalist series. Yes. It's By very... the way, I was wrong in the first episode. It doesn't come out next month. It comes out July 1st. July 1st. Amazon yes. Prime Video. Yes. Check it out. Starring the lovely... The hot Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. Mm. And Taylor Kitchener. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think uh, Schwarzenegger's son's in it, too. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I think he's got probably, he's, if, if the character that I think he's playing is right, he's only going to play about, you know, three minutes worth because he but, dies. In the yeah. Beginning. But at least, you know, he'll be in there. But, yeah. But any any last words for this, for this book? That was a long fucking episode. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But uh, great book. Loved it. Shout out to... Mom, Dad, even though I know you guys aren't going to listen to the, all the way through the end of this, but uh, <laughs> Danielle, love you, girl. Uh, Deanna, our fan. Scott and Michelle for letting us use their basement. Record this <laughs> shit. My co-host Taylor. Whoop, whoop. Agatha Christie and Francis. Like, those are the cats. <laughs> those are the cats. <laughs> we give a shout out to that popcorn machine over there in the Ooh. corner. They've been staring at you for a while. We'll make popcorn <laughs> after this, I promise. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's what I got. I thought that was good. Yeah, awesome. Well, please, please stay updated with us, guys. Please follow us on Instagram. Email us. We don't have Twitter. I would say tweet us because it would rhyme really well. I know. But Instagram, please follow. Follow us on Anchor Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcasts, any most major podcast platforms. We are on Off the Books Podcasts. Brandon and Taylor, thank you. Yeah, leave us a rate and review. Let us know if we're doing anything that we could do better. 
Yeah. I think we're even putting out questions on Spotify. So go ahead, answer in there. Yeah. If you guys got any books you guys want to see or hear us talk about or do whatever the hell this craziness has been for the last mm-hmm. Um Yeah, we'll do it. So yeah. Thanks for listening, y'all. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And catch you on the next episode.